I was an asshole to you on the phone the other day. Yes. When I said I was leaving, you didn't say anything, so I got nervous, so I... So what? So... I don't know. You know, this has to stop this. The, the flirting and the, and the jerking me around and the calling my boyfriend. He doesn't know about you, and I don't want him to ever know about you. Why is that? Oh, go lay in your beige bed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Mirandas. Oh, Gilly, you've got some wine. I got wine. I got me a little bit of a smoke, too. Oh, doggy. Oh, I should, too. It's that kind of evening. That's kind of evening. I think the problem with me is if, and you know me, that if I get a little bit too high, I go off the deep end. <laughs> as, as Heather says, she's like, I've never met somebody in which weed impacts them so strangely. <laughs> Actually, when we were in it's Miami, um, Tasha said that about you and I. What? You remember freshman year? It was sophomore year in college yeah. when we were in the back of the car going up north. And she's like, yeah. I have never seen weed <laughs> impact two people in such a strange way. Were we in the same car? I don't even. Yeah, I'm sure we were just talking about absolute nonsense, thinking it was like really interesting, which I still do. <laughs> I mean, maybe this whole podcast is that. Well, I also um, remember we got pulled over when we were on our way up by the police because Tasha was speeding because we, we were at a rest stop and then she was like, you know, speeding. Yes. Coming off because her and she kept accelerating. I get I don't know. That was her excuse. She talked us out of it. But there were like, there were things in the trunk <laughs> that were worrisome I, if they I were to be found. That. <laughs> I remember that. Whoa, I do remember. That was sophomore year. Very weird. Who? That was a random trip. It was so random. Um, <laughs> You're like, we'll just cut all this out. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> all right. Um Okay, what episode is this? You know what's funny? I say guys a lot. And I think if I was in a corporate setting, I would HR would have called me out already. Really? Is that a bad thing to say? I think you're supposed to say like folks, but I'm not like a folks or y'all kind of person. (laughs) I think so. I think it's a folks X. Um, I cannot pull off y'all. I cannot only in like dire situations. When you're like yelling at people at a party, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> I know, but I also, and but I am somebody that says like, "All right, ladies." Like I'll, I will say, "Ladies," but it is strange if there are men to be like, "All right, all right, hey, ladies." Welcome back to I the Miranda's like, podcast, ladies. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. I think it's. Well, I would say, what do you think our gender like the divide is in the podcast? Like ninety nine percent to one, or like ninety nine point nine percent, ninety five. Let's say 95. You think wait, wait, you think 5% of our listeners are men? That might. I think we should. I think, well, Jason is one of them. Dakota tunes in every now and then. Nick tunes in every that's now and tr- then. Okay, that's true. That's three, three penises. <laughs> three well, speaking penises of studio. penises, what is this episode of Sex in the City called? Okay, that great was, transition. It was so unseamless. Yeah, okay. But that's okay. I like it. This is Easy Come, Easy Go. We have season three, episode nine. This is a big one. It is. Pun intended. This is a big one. Pun. Yeah, Coming this is a big one. Our way. 
Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Pun. We're going to have a lot of puns, okay? So, yeah, this is an interesting episode. So, quick summary. I mean, wow. Miranda and Steve are playing with fire, Mm -hmm. living with each other Mm post-breakup. Eventually, Steve moves out. We really see kind of a, you know, a finality to this kind of uncoupling. Yeah. Uh, Samantha is dating a guy, um, Bobby Cannavale, great guest star, yeah, um, who has, as she says, the funkiest spunk, and it's just kind of a ridiculous plot line of dealing with a guy who um, has like a major issue, and the guy is refusing to address it, yeah. And Charlotte gets engaged this episode to Trey, Mister Alrighty, (laughs) slash herself, and. Carrie cheats on Aiden this episode with Big. Like, major plot points. But Miranda a, and Steve, done. But yes. it's not just... Here's the thing. I, again, haven't, like, watched this series, like, consecutively. So, like, I did not realize that they cheated in this episode, like, so immediate. Like, he was... Big was... We should probably talk about the whole lead-up before... Which is big. All right, it's so effectively harassing Carrie on the phone and in person, stalking yeah, her. If, pretty much, yeah. There is okay. So if this was, like, a, it's really not okay. It's <laughs> not the lobby. Sit down, have a drink. What are you doing? You're calling my house. You're you're following me to hotels. Could you please sit down for one minute and listen to me? Please, one minute. You know, I don't have time for this. I have a boyfriend and a deadline, and you have a wife and apparently a drinking problem. I'm not drunk. Then what is your excuse? Will you slow down? I can't think. If this was a $1.99 Kindle romance book, I would be all over this trope, okay? Hot and bothered ex forcefully enters your life wants you back both sexually and emotionally like we are all here for it the problem is in 2022 watching this you are triggered and you are like this man is doing non-consensual things he's harassing her like this is absurd but we know this trope right like this is something in which fantasies like this is it the ex who comes back who wants you they are playing into what watchers and viewers want is this like a real life trope or is this a show trope slash movie trope I think it's trope. I think it's a I think it's a narrative trope that people mistakenly and like um uh destructively think is good and real. Yeah. I think it's one of those tropes in in a narrative arc that you see yeah. in movies and media that you think will apply to your life, mm-hmm. but like getting back together with a toxic ex yes. who's not good for you is like never a good thing. No. But in media it's not shown that way. It's romanticized yeah. and like hypersexualized. Yeah. Because I think in sexual fantasies, which I this is, right? Yeah. Like it's really sexual in nature. I think between fantasy, sexual fantasy yeah. and reality, it's really different, yeah. right? Like you can want things in bed that are different than what you want in real life. But well, what we see with yeah. Carrie and Big is just like just a, just a shit storm. I mean, I have a PSA. I mean, you don't miss Talk to me. the person. You miss the feeling of the person. You miss the idea yep. of the person. So, yeah, something to that's think it. about. 
And we all know we've been talking about Carrie and Big's relationship that like Ups and really downs. seductive dance, right? Mm-hmm. And like they're they're tangoing now. I don't know yeah. what dance metaphor I could do. Yeah. They're grinding in the you know I don't know what. But yeah, <laughs> they are dancing for two. <laughs> but okay, so let's take the audience back, the listeners back a little bit. Last episode we have um, Big runs up to Carrie's apartment. You know. He's really kind of fascinated by this guy, Aiden. We see this seductive dance in which he's interested again. Yeah. Yeah. And then in this episode, we have Carrie at the Furniture Expo with Aiden. She is his booth bitch. (laughs) Booth bitch said many times. And Carrie, uh, Carrie runs into Big and Natasha. And Gilly, what is Natasha wearing? She's wearing white, guys. <laughs> She's wearing white. Your Always. tracker is just immaculate. Like, this is white nonstop. I, I love this. So she runs into them. They're looking for furniture. You can obviously tell that there's some, like, discord in their mm-hmm. relationship. You know, they're making little pithy marks at each yeah. other. And Carrie's kind of sensing it. Hi. I'm working here. Well, I mean... I'm not working. This is my boyfriend's booth. I'm his booth bitch. That's a joke. <laughs> I guess it's an in-joke. I get it. So, can I um show you something in a hutch? These pieces are fantastic. Oh, she's not really our style. There is a crucial part of this scene. <gasps> The Aiden and Big meeting? Yes. Yes. So, yes. Well, while Carrie's like hiding behind the furniture, the credenza, Natasha makes a remark about how could you want a clunky thing like that? It's so XYZ. And it was kind of like disparaging of Aiden's aesthetic. And then Carrie pops up and Big sees her there. And Natasha's like, oh, it's like lovely. It's just not our style. Um, and, you know, Carrie's explaining to like to to them, but really to big. Oh, like I'm here because my boyfriend's a furniture designer. This is his stuff. I'm his booth, bitch. LOL. Hi. That's a joke between us. And Aiden appears. But before Aiden even appears, it shoots to Big's face. And I loved seeing Big's reaction when he sees Aiden. He, he, his jaw is like pretty much dropped. He's like, he's not like, it, it really could, like, even in, mm-hmm. think about real life scenarios where this might have happened, where like someone you're dating might have met an ex, like, it, it could really go in a few different ways. It could go in a, How's it going, man? Da, 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 da. It could go into making kind of like cutting remarks, you know, twisting the knife a little bit. But for Big, Big is almost, he's like in awe of, of Aiden. Aiden is taller. He's younger. He's got longer hair. He's got this cooler style. He's Mr. Anti-Beige. Anti-Beige. I even wrote in my note before... Uh, Samantha mentioned anything that like Carrie won in a sense, like she went up after big Mm -hmm. and I don't think he was expecting that. Okay. So do you believe in no, 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 no. And do you think in breakups, that's the case that there is a clear winner and loser when the breakup wasn't like amicable, like when there was kind of a, you know, discontentment between the the couple? Um, I'm going to say objectively no. But when it comes to like me and my friends and like being like loyal and protective of my friends, like I'll always say that, 
you know, the next person they're with, they've won, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think you could ever tell a friend you lost. You oh, you lost, but given the just college might try be the basis of friendship. Sorry to say this, but you totally lost. <laughs> um, and Big keeps making like comments that are like, oh, where's Paul Bunyan or how's Daniel Boone? And I thought it was so interesting that he brought up those kind of like archetypes. It's the all-American, hands-on, manly man. Everything he's not. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And who's like down to earth too and humble. And um, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was really funny. Loved that. Love seeing that. I, it's so funny. This is the X run-ins are both a like mm. really fun thing to watch and show. And I think like who hasn't had a fantasy of like an X run-in? Like I, I bet if you ask any girl, like after a breakup, running into an ex when you're with your like mm -hmm. hot new boyfriend. Like what a great situation for Carrie mm -hmm. to be in. Like Carrie looks great. But the thing is, Carrie also had to suffer at the hands of running into Big and Natasha yes. multiple times. Yes. So I feel like it's just a karmic balance exactly. here in which like Carrie mm -hmm. had to be the uncomfortable one who felt like she lost. Right. So it's this again, it's this dance, this mm -hmm. game they play. Mm -hmm. Um but Big, of course, ends up getting a little too drunk at this furniture expo. Mm -hmm. Natasha is nowhere to be found looking at, you know, beige furniture. Mm -hmm. And he goes up to Carrie and drunkenly says, I have a secret. It's not working. I'm getting out. <laughs> I loved it. It's I love. And he's like, and if you know anybody who's interested, like such a proposition. And Carrie is all righteous. Like no one is interested in that information. Even though she's and like, she's like dying at 911 it. 911 Miranda. <laughs> Big sleeping Ladies, his wife. emergency yeah. meeting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Carrie is, she's back in the game. She is enthralled by this and she cannot let it go. But is she enthralled? And Do you think so? Absolutely. Carrie wants to be, Carrie tries to convince herself that she is like, wants to be with Aiden because yeah. she knows that he's the right guy to choose. Yes. But what Carrie can't accept, and it's like her fatal flaw, is like all of her like the shitty sides of herself yeah. that want big. Uh -huh. And she wants it so badly that in the end she 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 cheats, right? It's, it's funny because yeah. she doesn't actually want to be with Aiden. It's funny to watch Charlotte be the sort of like good angel on Carrie's shoulder. Um when yes. that brunch Carrie announces like Big's leaving his wife and they're all like, oh, my gosh. And, um, you know, she says, like, you know, he said, if anyone's interested and Charlotte's, I think, says something like, of course, you're not interested. Like he's married or blah, 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 blah. Um, but it's funny to see the devil, which is probably Samantha's character on the other side of the shoulder. That's like, that's just it. You won. Um, to carry. So I, I loved like, that back and forth. And then uh, and then Miranda is kind of the voice of reason, which is my Miranda sarcasm is. Didn't you feel like punching him? I would have punched him. It feels good to be sarcastic. Yes. And this is the classic sex and city we love, mm -hmm. which is the girls sitting down for a meal and just having some good G talk. Yes. They are talk. girl talking it, <laughs> indulging Carrie and her neuroses uh -huh. and, you know, just absolutely enabling all of her psychotic tendencies. I'm enabling as a viewer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But 
Yeah. So to, to kind of follow through with the Carrie Aiden big plot point in this, you know, talking about Aiden as this like, you know, nature, burly Daniel Boone kind of guy offers to help Carrie and fix yes. her apartment. And he notices these cracks in the ceiling. Yeah. He says, I don't want to be offend you, but like, you know, they're you could do some work on it. He offers you the work. First thought, if you're a fucking renter in New York yeah. City, you are not stripping floors. You are you not painting, doing that shit. You can financially. I yeah. guess he's helping yeah. her out. I, I just said as a renter, not a great idea yeah. to carry like poor investment choice. But, but some people whatever. want he's to. Doing it as a- I mean, some people, if you get permission from your um, landlord, you can like even like change cabinetry and stuff like that. Wow. I get some oh, people. Those okay. are for people well, who have like great rent control and never want to buy. This is true. My <laughs> apartment, I'm like, yeah, fuck you and your Ikea shit. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not changing shit. Someone else can do this. Um, so with Carrie, so he's helping mm-hmm. and he's really adding to her life, right? Like he's fixing it and he's trying to make it better. And I think this is a great metaphor for their relationship oh. in which like Nailed he it. kind of mm-hmm. sees some flaws in mm-hmm. Carrie, right? Like the quitting of the mm-hmm. smoking, bad habits. Let mm-hmm. me fix your apartment. And, and by doing so, he is helping mm-hmm. her. He is seeing potential. But Carrie is like, deserves someone like big. I don't know who's also kind of psychotic and neurotic well, and self-indulgent. Well, it reminded me of remember when Big like stepped into Carrie's apartment for the first time? And she and he said, I like it. Yeah. It's you. And it's you. I think. Oh. Remember? And didn't he say, like, I wouldn't e- I wouldn't change it. Like. <gasps> my I mean, God. I don't know. Like an AP lit analysis. <laughs> Here we go. No, but I don't. Citing evidence. I don't think I unlike how big is kind of being very like, you know, performative and indulgent, you know, in their interactions as they're with, you know, their respective boyfriends and wives. Um, I think that Big was actually really sincere in, in that comment. And I think that came from the heart, like him saying, like, this apartment is you. Um, I mean, here's the thing. Big is one of the only guys that did not want Carrie to change. Uh, right. Right. And right. Yeah. And Aiden, and, w- and what we see here is that he's seeing ways to improve Carrie's he wants life, to help right? and like, support Carrie. He wants to help yeah. quitting the smoking, um, you know, with the apartment, meeting the parents, it, yeah. expressing vulnerability. Like he's being like a typical good partner. No, he's, n- and he's being, I wouldn't say typical. I would say like above and beyond. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I did say Carrie does not deserve him, <laughs> but it's really funny to watch her be kind of re- pulsed by it in, in a way and like but but be drawn to yeah. it too but also then feel guilty that she doesn't truly feel it because you can kind of watch her perform her affection a little bit um like when big leaves she leans in even closer to Aiden to be like I need to kind of feel that connection that this is still real because I think she's feeling guilty for the things she's feeling about big well um my- and we're gonna watch this continue to evolve over the next I think four episodes well, until the reveal my um Here's the thing. Carrie is reading is like a textbook example of someone who needs to go to therapy. I mean, I know we say this in every episode, but she, I mean, is kind of keeping keeping Aiden around like on the back burner 
Um, he's kind of the self-esteem security blanket for her until something better and bigger comes along. And, you yeah. know, you, I, I mean, I just don't think it's, you know, or maybe right. B- bigger and, and bad and bad. Bigger and bad. Like, I yeah. think there's a part. Yeah, I think she I think she needs something a little destructive. And we know people like that mm-hmm. who wear. You know, and we all have that tendency. It's not just. But she needs another individual to. She needs a lot of spice. Yeah. She needs a lot of spice. But she's really relying on (laughs) another individual to to like do these things for her, to fulfill her, to satiate her, you know. I don't know her insecurities. I don't I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And we see this in the end in which, you know, and I guess she she she. She did try with him to kind of say, like, no, like, I don't want this. And this is where, like, there was a level oh, of, like, in the elevator. My. It felt really non-consensual. And it, it did. It felt he was I mean, he was harassing her at the, and stalking her. At he that was point. harassing her. But I think at one point that was deemed as, like, sexually exciting and kind of in, um, enticing and attractive to have a man want you that badly. But in the 2022 lens, it's like, that's wildly inappropriate. And like, you need to listen when a woman says no. The thing is, fuck, I I miss you. Too bad. Do not come in here. Don't follow me in here. I have to talk to you. What? What is it? What is it you have to say? I made a mistake. Fuck you. I love you. You. Well, it's a, yeah. I mean, it was a very like old Hollywood depiction of like, yes, of, of love. And he, um, just to backtrack a little bit, Big um, is calling Carrie a bunch. Should we go into that? Basically, they they've met up. He's let Carrie know that he's available, um, and then he will not stop calling her answering machine. And he keeps saying, hi, it's me. And it's always, hi, it's me. And um, I thought about it, and uh, it's going to cost me a lot. When she calls him back, she's saying divorcing Natasha. Yes, yeah. When she calls him back to, like, figure out, okay, like, what do you need to talk about? Which I don't, I really don't think she should have at all even bothered calling him. I think it was just putting gasoline all over the fire, but um, she calls him back because he's demanding and begging. And he's saying that he, you know, isn't going to get a divorce because it's going to cost him a lot. I'm going to, I made my bed. I'm going to lie with it. And Carrie's like, okay, great. Good for you. (laughs) Like have a good life. And that was so, I mean, it was obviously like a real jerk move, but we later learned from Big that, you know, Carrie didn't say anything in return. And so he just kind of shared that as a response. I think it's the classic, I'm going to reject you before you reject me. Like I've done it, done it my whole life, which is pretty much like, uh, I'm no to you before I have to hear no from, from you. So I totally get why he did that. It's, 
sad that she that wouldn't be just a major red flag for her that like somebody's going to say something unkind to you to kind of protect themselves from it's like he just can never be totally vulnerable and real and it's interesting because when he meets her in that hotel like he calls the apartment she's working there because Aiden's doing work yada yada it's too loud in the apartment side tracker carry tracker my first one here when Aiden yes. is doing the work, her response is like, I'm bothered. I was like, bitch, what did you expect? You said I wouldn't be bothered. Yeah. What did you expect with someone sanding your floors and like you're just trying to sit there, do work? Like, why wouldn't you have preemptively left the apartment? Yeah. That's my carry tracker because I think it was just so. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Is it too loud? Do you want me to pay for your coffee? Oh, God. Aiden, come on. Now I want to be like, Aiden, you got to be a little tougher. Yeah, I don't. I do <laughs> not know. Tougher. I mean, I would love if a guy volunteered to sand my floors. Like, absolutely. God. <laughs> Please do. I don't even know what, do, what tool you're using. So consequently, I think with Carrie goes to a hotel to work and mm-hmm. I guess she checks out a room and um, all of a sudden on the like hotel, like rotary phone, uh, it starts ringing and Carrie picks up and it's big again saying, hi, it's me. And um, she's like, how did you know I was here? And he said, oh, I called your apartment. And how does he refer to Aiden? He's like as the guy or I think it says that that guy, he really tries yes. to make him like anonymous and to take and like strip him of, of like knowing his name is Aiden. Of closeness. Yeah. To Carrie and proximity yeah. to Carrie. And he's like, that guy told me you were here. And she's like, what? You called my house. And then he she says like, OK, fine, I'll meet you in the lobby. And he's not in the lobby. He's in the lobby bar. And I cannot believe that she I don't know. I know would give him that give him that like go to the oh I totally get Gil. of course like she is obsessed with big yeah. she never got over big her heart was broken by big I it, know this is like the ultimate fantasy I know, of you get broke I know. your heart gets broken by an ex they come crawling back to, to you it's just hard to watch you know maybe when oh when absolutely. I was younger watching this like when I was a teen it was like oh my god yeah you were rooting for it yeah but now I'm like don't do it it's a waste of your time like, do your laundry or something. Okay, so I'm really curious. I, I I wrote this down in my notes. And again, we didn't watch this when it was, when it aired. I'm curious how this was received. Yeah. Like, how when this aired, like, them having an affair, to have a main character in a show who really, we talk about her, is she an antihero, is she not, whatever, like, having an affair, right? Like, it's it's a pretty interesting character move because it's really showing her flaws, like very much like this is something that is sinful or or whatever. I mean, you I know. think it's a smart move. It's like clearly the audience really liked Chris Noth. They liked how he portrayed Big and he Mr. Big is this very flirtatious man and um, the unrequited love. And then we throw in this really attractive, completely different kind of guy who's Aiden. And so it's a great tug and pull. I mean, I feel tugged and pulled. I mean, I know there's some people who are like team Aiden, team big, but I certainly feel like, I mean, yeah. Okay. Granted, I'm yeah. just saying like, don't go, but I, 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 we all feel it. It's, it's palpable. The tension. 
I'm not team Aiden only because love Aiden. I'm not, I, I, I was, I never, I pulled for him, but I didn't pull for them. You know? Yes. I, good point. You are so right. I did not like them together. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. No, 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 no. But, but him. Yeah. yeah right. Him, you're, you're really rooting yeah. for him. But them. No. <laughs> Whereas Big and Carrie, you're kind of rooting for that. Yeah, At least I'm yeah. kind of, I'm not really rooting for Carrie and I'm not really rooting for Big. I'm kind of rooting for them. Yeah, that's and I think there yeah. are some couples in which like the couple is greater than the individual parts. And then there are other couples in which the individuals are greater than the sum yes, of the parts. Yes, like the funny. couples are better than the, the, the individuals are better than the couple. Um, and then, and then whereas, at the hotel, Carrie's trying to um, escape and go to her, her hotel room and Big enters the elevator as Carrie's in it. And she said, do not come in this elevator. And that is where, you know, obviously there's, he's, harassing her and crossing really serious boundaries and like I don't know for me I was really you know in 2022 I'm like it's just kind of freaky and he forces himself upon Carrie he does yeah she's saying no isn't she saying or what is she saying she's like She's definitely saying no, yeah. but then it's really funny because then he keeps going and then she's like, fuck me. Yeah, she's I was like, like oh, Gary, me. come on. <laughs> you know, it's a small step for humankind, you know, just kind of like, Gary, all the progress women have made saying no. Like, <laughs> and then you're just... like, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck me. And, and she never, ever. I the know. one thing I remember that was shocking <gasps> yes. about this, Carrie never says stuff no. like that. So you know that she no. wanted it bad. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's like my exact note, Sarah, which is you never Carrie was never like vulgar or crass or like even overtly sexual for that matter. Nope, especially for that prudish sex writer. So for her (laughs) in an elevator to say, I mean, like she really wanted him and you can just see it at the end how satisfied she was with that interaction. Yeah, They're in bed post coital cigarette, cigarette. Like classic combination, sex and cigarettes. And and she's just indulging, indulging in the things that she wants I know. and feeling super satisfied that he's chosen her again and kind of getting off on that. Meanwhile, and, Aiden's buffing and, her fucking floors. Oh, Terrible. It's so fucked up when you think about it, it how like I, I think she, I'm very sensitive to cheating. Yeah. Not that I've ever been cheated yeah. on. Or that I've cheated, but yeah. I, I think it's so cruel yeah. for anybody to do that. Yeah. And maybe monogamy is like the cruel thing. Like maybe like I don't think humans necessarily are built for monogamy. Right. I think they they if you look at like the majority of, of mammals, I think it's like five percent yeah. are monogamous and the rest are just not. Yeah. So I do think it kind of goes against nature to only be with one person. But I think if you if you if you're in a committed yeah. relationship and you go outside of that for sex without the other person knowing, I think it's just like one the most awful things especially I think it's so cruel. especially knowing that Aiden's really trying to do something really nice for her out of his own time and and that like yeah and that like love that's there I mean I don't they haven't said I love you yet but um no that's next episode yeah oh my god that is next episode spoiler alert um should we touch Sorry, on got a crazy memory, got a crazy memory over here? Should we touch on maybe um, um, Samantha or Miranda's plot line? Uh, okay, so I think Miranda's we could do quickly. Samantha's is just too funny not yes, to cover, yes. and then Charlotte also yeah, has a great plot line. Yeah. So let's do Miranda's. I 
this is such a reality of living in a city in which fucking real estate is insane, in which like when you break up, sometimes you have to continue living with the next. Hello, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) That is me. Um, Right before um, recording this podcast, I was taping box at cardboard boxes and I'm packing my shit up. So yeah, that is an unfortunate reality of living in an expensive city is that, you know, or really anywhere for that matter when you're in a relationship is having to pack up. So I I definitely was like, I don't know. It was, it was, Something it was on my mind while watching this episode. Who did you feel like, Miranda or Steve? <laughs> it's funny because I felt like Miranda, where it's like, get the hell out of my space. But like, I'm getting out of the space. But it's just a matter of like needing to feel like you want your yeah. kind of life and your agency and all of that back and your weird yeah. routines and quirks in your own territory back. So, um, I mean, I know the feeling of just being like in a fight with Dakota and how the apartment feels, yeah. you know, where you're just like, um, oh, hello. Would you would you like coffee? You know, we're just yeah. Like, yeah. like we're like basically acting as if we're like, you know, and like because I can play that game. Yeah. Like I will be pleasant oh, as yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And be seething inside. <laughs> well, actually, this leads me yeah. to my ancient scroll of this episode is. Um, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> like. Not only is an answering machine an ancient scroll, sharing an answering machine is an ancient scroll. <laughs> Steve, which I, I, I can't even comment on because it, it makes me like crazy to think about. Steve like met some woman at a bar and gave Miranda's like <laughs> fucking landline number to her, to her. And if that is not the biggest fuck you to your like, current ex-girlfriend you're living with and sharing in her bought apartment i don't know i mean bold move that that's that's like toxic relationship behavior right there that is like serious but i don't think he meant it to be toxic i think it was just of the time you know i know i think it was <laughs> she goes hi it's mara we met last night steve if this is you call me so Wait, did you also wait? Did you mention the other ancient scroll was the um, looking for apartments in the classified, like the newspaper? Oh, yeah. No, I didn't even know. I didn't see that. That is a literal like newspaper scroll. Ancient. Yeah, it is insane to think that people advertised apartments Mm, in the newspaper. Like even just I don't know how people at the time. No. No, that just wow. Okay, yeah, we there's a couple of actually there's a couple of ancient scrolls in this episode. I I had another one. I have to figure out where it was. Maybe that was the newspaper one. Um, okay, so yeah, Miranda. I will make a comment about this. I think her hair looked like a terrible wig. Oh my god, I wrote Miranda's hair looks terrible. She looks like Peter Pan slash. Can I speak to the manager? It is definitely Peter Pan vibes in which like the hair has just kind of grown at certain lengths and then been chopped haphazardly with like kitchen scissors you know, in the dark. It was so bad. Why did they do that to her? This is Why? like every time I think we're at peak Miranda bad, like, like it just gets a haircut worse. like this just pops up. <laughs> I know. And I'm just like, come on. Yeah. No wonder no, no one wanted to be hair. Miranda. 
I know. It's like not with that bad haircut. Yeah. I think Miranda's hair gets great post having the yeah. baby. Yeah. The sh- her hair gets much better. Yeah. They give her that cute little wave yeah. with the bob. But right now it is like so um, a 14 year old Chinese boy who dyed <laughs> his hair red. It's just like super straight and pointy <laughs> like a K-pop star, but with like a ginger K-pop star. <laughs> no, that's literally it. Um, should we move on to Samantha? <laughs> I'm dating a guy with the funkiest tasting spunk. Okay, so Samantha's plotline is ridiculous. It is. Okay. There's a lot to harvest from here. Okay, so let me give you a quick background yes. on the plot, and then I'm going to describe to you just, like, the visceral reaction I had to this. Like, I, it was a physical, I had, it was, like, physical me watching this because I was covering my eyes, I was eating, I put down my food, it was whatever. So, um, Samantha's date dating this guy, great guest star, Bobby Cannavale. Cannavale, Cannavale. Cannavale. yeah. From Boardwalk Empire, like homecoming, the Irishman. Yes. And he, um, you know, great guy. They're in bed. She's giving him head. He comes. She tastes it. And her face just says it all. As she describes it, it's old asparagus and Clorox. And my God, that description made I know. women be like, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know, I know. <laughs> she describes it as something like really nasty later, like like rotten eggs. Rotten eggs. Yeah. The rotten yeah, I egg mean, buffet. The, <laughs> the rotten egg buffet. So she brings us up to the girls. And something I loved about mm-hmm. this conversation was, can you imagine in like 2000, 2001, this being on TV? And this is what I I know. I, I and just that. like that, totally missed the mark is that they, this show would have conversations like that where they were slightly a little off putting. They talked yeah. about sex in kind of a crass way. Like you don't have talk about what guys like come taste like. Like it, <laughs> there's spunk. I'm spunk, right? I've never and I'm used sure that term. I only know it and I've only ever heard of it on Sex in the City. Absolutely. I've never heard it either. I've definitely heard splooge, which I hate that word. Just like, <laughs> oh my God. A, you know, like in your mouth, it just is like a weird word to say. It's like the word moist. It's like onomatopoeia. <laughs> yeah, whatever those words are. Um. Anyway, so Samantha is kind of like trying to figure out how can I help him kind of like taste better? Yes. She's could it be diet? She takes him to get wheatgrass shots. Yes. I love Kim Cattrall's like food and mouth acting. Yes. She does a lot of like, mm, mm. Yeah. like she's so great with her she facial is. expressions when like tasting something. Well, Cause it's a, it's and like it's, a myth out there. Cause I actually pulled it up that. Um, okay. So uh, I'm on a website, healthline.com. The big offenders that reportedly give semen a musky bitter smell and, and taste include Garlic, onions, broccoli, cabbage, leafy greens, asparagus, meat and dairy products. Um, I think tobacco, coffee and alcohol are also on that list. Um, tobacco, definitely. Yeah. OK. And they and then they they mention that. I think that's a real thing where men who are smokers, it tastes different. Interesting. I'm not saying this from like personal experience or anything, but from and like that they mentioned that on the show. Yeah. Like I think it was Miranda like, oh, he was a smoker I th- or I don't know. Who, which character said it. Um, interesting because there's definitely that is a conversation that's still like in our culture yeah. about like what you eat impacting like how your like body fluids taste. Yeah. And interesting. It was just so funny to have her be like, so how long will the wheatgrass things take in? He's like, I don't know, ballpark. He's like an hour and a half. Like he doesn't know. She was like, let's order. He's like 30 minutes. And she's like, we got to order fast. So goes back, no change, still tastes bad. 
And then they, you know, whatever, they're having sex again, probably a couple of days later. And he's pushing her head down. I did not like that. Yeah. Now, I know you watched that and had a visceral reaction yep. of being very, yep. did not, you were triggered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was. Yeah. That is not okay thing to do. I don't know why guys think that's okay. I actually have an interesting story about this. So. Oh, God. I know. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Um, okay. Yeah, I did not like watching Samantha, like um, this guy, Adam, I guess, pushing Samantha's head down because he wanted a blowjob. And she said no. And he said, no, I want it so bad. Come on. All you got to do is this. And she was saying no. He basically like made her feel guilty or even embarrassed for not going down on him by saying, oh, you're just like one of those two blowjob types type of girls where, you know, it's in the trailers, but it's not in the movie. Something to that effect. Yes, exactly. The two blowjob. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's kind of like, no, one, you know, this is hard work. Like, I love that. She's like jaw placement, suction teeth. Like she, the way she describes it. I was like, absolutely. It's easy. Easy. You men have no idea what we're dealing with down there. Teeth placement and jaw stress and suction and gag reflex. And all the while bobbing up and down, moaning and trying to breathe through our noses. Easy, honey. They don't call it a job for nothing. Classic Samantha. I think that might, might be my Samantha zinger. I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. I um, actually have an interesting, though, like, experience to, like, what happened. Yeah. Help me piece it together of why it okay. feels similar. So in college, I remember, you know, it was like freshman year and, you know, in the dorms, like, everyone, like, hooked up a lot or whatever. And... Um, I remember making out with <laughs> down the hallway, down the like hallway, and I it was just kind of like a fun thing. Like I certainly wasn't interested, and um, I definitely wasn't interested because one, he was like chewing gum while we were making out, and he had like John Mayer playing in the background. <laughs> okay, well you definitely told me about this one. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, this isn't gonna work for me. Um, and I was on my period. And so, and I also was just like, this guy is chewing gum and playing John Mayer. So no. And I remember the next day telling, explaining what happened, his roommate and goes, oh, girls just say that when they don't want to have sex with you. (sighs) And I remember feeling like. Oh, so like, do we have to have sex with you? Like, I hate that feeling of like, oh, so I need to like feel bad because I don't want to have sex with you. Like, yeah. or or yeah, should but- I just let you badger me into having sex with you? Wow. In, and it's really fascinating that, okay, let, let's say if that guy was It was a was way to correct. make me feel like embarrassed or prude Absolutely. in the same way that this guy did to Samantha. Also- Maybe if girls are using that as an excuse, maybe it's because the, no, it's not enough. Yeah. Like maybe it's, it's because exactly. if we were to say no, then it's not enough. So you have to make yeah. an excuse as in, oh, I have a, it's the same mm-hmm. thing of like, 
being hit on and you have to say mm-hmm. you have a boyfriend because they'll mm-hmm. listen to that other than you just mm-hmm. saying no. So well, where is he? Where is he then? <laughs> Which I think big bold last episode on the boat. Well, then where is Mr. Perfect? Yeah, know? right? Like just having my no is not enough. So yep. yes, I will say I'm on my period or not. Which first off, I don't even know if people use it as an excuse. If they do, more power to you. Fine. We well, use whatever fucking excuse you want. If you don't want to have sex and you want the guy to like listen to you. Yeah. Fine. But it's it's so funny, Gilly, because I think mm-hmm. in college that was the messaging that you had to have like, mm-hmm. a valid excuse as to why yeah. you didn't. There wasn't the culture of like female yeah. empowerment that you can just yeah. say no. I felt coerced yeah. into so many sexual situations yeah. in college yeah. that I did not feel yeah. empowered to like yeah. get out of. Oh, yeah, totally. And that like saying no wasn't enough. Yeah, it wasn't o- enough. Or, so. or, or it was just very similar to this guy, which is like, do it for me. Like, you don't get anything out of it. Like, it's so yeah. self-serving in that moment. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Yeah, this the, this character reminded me of, like, a college bro. It did. But it, I don't know. It's just across the whole episode between Big and this guy. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of, like, me, 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 me. This is what I want from these two male characters. Um, yeah, we definitely saw, and I a need lot it now. <laughs> selfish alpha males. Um, speaking of a not selfish alpha male, we've got Trey McDougal, Mister Beta Cuck, <laughs> Mister Omicron. Yeah, <laughs> so the Delta variant in here. <laughs> so yeah, right. He is just a uh, whatever so Trey and Charlotte are doing well she's and Charlotte brings up a question to the girls and Carrie actually ponders this in her column which I'm kind of curious if Aiden reads this because I'm like it's like she's like is it better to follow your head or your heart which is basically like professing that like you know and in my head I know Aiden's the right person but in my heart so regardless Charlotte brings this up this question she says I'm following my heart like it's not Mm -hmm. logical it's love and this seems to kind of divide the girls and I'm curious what you think in a relationship do you think or you know, in whatever, is it better to follow the head or the heart? And can you, or, or do you even believe in that? Um, well, I have to say my reaction to Char- that comment Charlotte made was, God, right. Yeah. Um, like grow like, up girl, like <laughs> gross. But at the same time, I don't know. Like I think as a Miranda, I, and I, I think as a Miranda, I would say, follow your head. Like you gotta, Oh, my head's so fucked up, though. But my head is so (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) Like, you know, like, I would say follow, follow what's on Google. You know, Google it. Just find the answers. Find some wiki how, whatever you're wondering, and just kind of like, I'd say follow. Google that shit. Go on Google that shit. (laughs) No, here's the thing. I think that, um, I think the reason why I cringed is actually because I, I feel like, how can someone be so like, how can Charlotte just be so like out of touch with her own needs and practicality? Like when I think about it, like in order for me to have like a good week, let alone like a good month or a good day. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to be like consistently like exercising and you cooking from home and eating well and not being overindulgent with spending and taking care of myself and 
you know, not running late and giving myself time to get to places, saying no to too much drinking. Like, I, I feel like I implement a lot of things in my life to, like, make sure I'm, like, happy and healthy and, like, a good friend. I can't, I, I guess I'm, you know, teenage Gilly watching Sex in the City would be like, follow your heart. But now I feel like I have so much structure in place that makes me feel sane and happy and, like, have self-love for that for that matter that I wouldn't want to just follow something because you know it was a, an adrenaline or a serotonin boost Absolutely. I don't know yeah no I'm I'm right there with you I and we're very similar and I think we know a lot of people kind of like us who are hyper analytical mm-hmm. we <laughs> think a lot about what we're thinking about like we're not even just thinking but we're thinking about why we're thinking it and like <laughs> if it's okay to think it you know yeah. so we're we have like I, but i think the issue with that then and where the conversation head and heart comes in is when you are too in your head right when you're too logical you you miss out on the the the, the uh, not to bring this metaphor in but the salt of life you know like yeah. kind of the 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 little the the thing that keeps things going which is that part of your heart the thing that wants the thing that your head says you can't have and and it's the part of us that's both childlike and the teenage and it's kind of carried with us which is this desire for things that may not make sense So I think there should be a balance between the head and the heart. But I think as you grow older, I wonder if there's like a time, like when you're a teen, it's all about the heart. In your 20s, it's the heart. Maybe like in your 30s and 40s during like reproductive years, like maybe it's the head or something. And then maybe when you get older, you go back to the heart. I mean, I I don't know. I just, I I, I don't know either. I hate this idea of being like grumpy and old and like, you know, not wanting to you know, be like romantic. Um, I know. But I also but I don't think, think just yeah. following your head is a, not being romantic. I think there's romance in like being able to like make logical decisions that make sense. And yeah. I think in the conversation with Charlotte in which a lot of them are saying like, it's really soon. Like, how do you know? And she's yeah. like, I just know. I feel it in my bones. Like, it doesn't have to make sense. And and I think there's ha- maybe there are people who are just super in, in tune with that and they trust their emotions. I'm not super trustworthy of my emotions because I know how like, failing they are at times yeah. and how wishy-washy and like I could feel yeah. one thing today and tomorrow I might feel something so different so I have to rely on different systems like you that are very structured and routine that I yeah. are predictable because like how I feel is not predictable it's just not oh yeah and it's hard no. for me to rely on that but I, I I guess like here's the thing I don't think Charlotte's making a bad decision no. I think she's right no. I think Trey is great I really do. I think we only find out later because of his erectile situation. But (laughs) erectile dysfunction. But he was a good guy regardless. Yeah. I mean E D. Yeah, exactly. Think about it. Like if there was a guy like if he didn't have his E D issues, like he would be like kind of the perfect guy to rush into a marriage with, right? Yeah, yeah. I would have been concerned if I saw him with sheep and wolf clothing. No, he's not a bad guy. He's not. I mean, at all. The thing is, I think I would have been concerned if he's a little too beta for me. He's a little too like. Well, talk. uh, say what you were going to say about the mother. So 
Do you play tennis? Mm-hmm. I like her. Join the club. <laughs> what are you two lovebirds doing tonight? He is, we finally are introduced to this character, Bunny. Bunny, Bunny McDougal is Trey's mother. She is a waspy, Upper East Sider, born and bred, money, wealthy, and kind of runs the show with Trey. And they're at dinner or lunch, whatever, meeting Charlotte. And anytime Trey says something that maybe she kind of wants to do something different, she puts his hand on his arm and suggests something else. And he says, all righty. Right. So he's, he's a he's a quote unquote mama's boy. Mm-hmm. Charlotte observes this and is really in awe of Bunny's mm-hmm. ability to kind of sway Trey's opinion. Manipulate. And yeah. manipulate. Exactly. And then Charlotte uses this tactic and says... She thinks he's going to propose. They're at dinner. He doesn't. He's talking about the fucking, you know, basil and tomato salad. And she says she puts his hand just like Bunny did on. Yeah. She puts her, her hand on his arm and says, you know, maybe we should get married. And he says, yeah. all righty. And, <laughs> and, and, and she just looks so disappointed, right? Like she used yeah. this power but didn't realize, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And she is just – Well, she's also kind following of, her heart and is following her heart. this big romantic, you know, marquee type of experience where it, he yeah, drops no, down he, on one knee and he's been trying to do this the whole time. And, but he just says – Alrighty. <laughs> Alrighty. And so in the end, you know, she he does really redeem it. And they're walking to Tiffany. She has that beautiful blue dress on. Hairstyle, I I didn't like it, but whatever. You know, she has that great oh, dress yeah. on, cute little bag. They're walking past Tiffany's and he says, you know, I think we should go in there and pick you out like the most beautiful engagement ring. And she says, Alrighty. I liked that. And that becomes their story, which is really romantic yeah. and sweet and full of like love and and heart. Yeah. Um. And their their love story is really interesting, and it takes an, a a very interesting arc. Well, the girls are saying like, isn't it just too soon? Like, Miranda says, I have pantyhose that have lasted longer, um, than like how quick Charlotte's met him. How long has has it been? I don't know. I wouldn't. Was it two months? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that that yeah. is really strange. imagine if you if you had a friend and they got engaged after two months. Who would um, not be highly concerned? I know. Yeah, I'd be really concerned. My parents got married after 10 months. Yeah, I mean, some people like maybe back then it was different. Though. Yeah, I think it was a little different back then. I don't know. Now I yeah. even honestly under a year, I think that's very odd. Like you guys haven't been together yeah, a year but, and you're getting but married. I think I, is, then again, I don't know. I don't know. I whatever. think it is an older thing because, you know, there was a time where like whether people were waiting to have sex um, till marriage or not, it was certainly like frowned upon to be letting a man like have his milk without buying the cow or whatever the fucking saying is. And so I think like you had to get married to like have I feel like you had to get married to have like I know exactly like, what you're you know, saying. I mean, like, like kind of hush hush sex life. Yeah, be your for your relationship to be accepted, pretty much. You know, like that was what you did. You got married. I don't think people had to think about it as much as we do now. You know. Yeah. Do you know any couples like Charlotte and Trey, in which it was like a whirlwind romance, and like two months, three months later they were married? I don't know yeah. anybody. Yeah. But 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 not two or three months. Probably like eight months. 
Six months. Eight months. Okay. Yeah. Or engaged eight months later. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's soon, but you know, whatever. Um, God, I think we covered all the girls' plot lines. Um, oh, I have a Samantha Zinger. Tell me the zinger. <laughs> it's um similar to I'm dating a guy with the fun funkiest tasting spunk, which made Charlotte leave. Which I loved. She's like, it's like getting a bad bottle of Beaujolais Nouveau the first day of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, absolutely that was so good i couldn't even like write that down fast enough to get it it was so and good. then she mentioned something that i thought was interesting she goes he's healthy and i don't swallow like what the fuck is that supposed to mean like i know and then there was some and just sorry like i'm just wondering like i guess i'm kind of surprised that samantha doesn't swallow I, I, I thought the exact same <laughs> I don't know what the thing. rules are. <laughs> no, I don't know either, but she seems like the type that would. And I and, and, and I say that without judgment, but I because I think it I think she's I, I just I can't see her spitting it out. No. I don't no. know. And I also I, I first off, this episode, whoever directed it, did such an amazing job post the blowjob like <laughs> disgusting cum scene to then zoom in on the white dressing and Trey's mouth like coming out of his mouth. Dakota and I were eating burritos. We both just like put them down. We were like, oh my God, this is, I am disgusted. <laughs> it was such a great technique to just like go right into that. And they, and multiple times they used the pun head in this I episode. Know. I know. Head, head, head. And I just, um, you know, this, well, is, this okay. is the, the trickery of the show. They they get you. I have a question for you. What? So do you think that Natasha has heard about Carrie at all at this point? Yes. And that brings me up to a question that. Do you think she was able to put two and two together at the, the show, at the furniture show, that that was um, Carrie? Yes, I think so. Because I, 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 I do. And to what I don't extent think... do you think Big had told her about it? I think he's like that's somebody I dated because remember multiple times Carrie's like, oh, I've heard about you. I'm sure it was in passing. I'm sure the depths of yeah. what Big and Carrie felt for each other were not discussed because yeah. I don't think that really is discussed with partners. Yeah. Right. Like you kind of talk about the surface, but you don't in a lot. You don't really talk about like the the dramatics of like the feelings, and the intensity for that person. And. I'm curious because in the bar, Big asks, like, does he know about oh. me? And and then Carrie says, like, he'll never know about you. I know. Like, he doesn't that know just, about us. That gave him a and lot I, of ammo, I think. To He's keep. like, perfect, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm curious, do you think that Aiden has a right to know because he's run into Big that that's Carrie's like? Has, well, it was only one time. So I don't. Once, but he's called the house twice, left a message. Oh, then, it's not, yeah. It's not his. Yeah. It's not Aiden's house, though. No, it's no, Carrie, but no. I, I think so. Yes, I think that. I don't think that there's emotional cheating, so to speak. But I think that since he's called him and like spoke directly to Aiden on the phone, that yeah, she's got to say who that is. Well, actually, think about this. Aiden asked her directly oh who are those people oh right and carrie brushed it off and said oh just from like a hundred years ago from another life that felt like 
definitely admission of tr- an yeah. admission like an uh, omission of truth yeah um you know <laughs> yeah i don't think you have to tell your current i don't think you have to share everything mm-hmm. but maybe share something i mean i don't know it's so interesting i don't know either i i personally like will talk about it like i've talked about it with dave like we've talked about like past people we've dated too like it's a part of actually getting to know somebody and like their experiences and i think i i i know it's like not easy but i honestly encourage it because there's so much emotion and vulnerability and self-esteem and like identity developed and like who you've dated in those experiences that i think it's a, i think it's relevant to bring up so people can kind of like understand like why you're with them or like your arc absolutely so no um, i i I totally agree with you and i think that's the right perspective i think those are one of those like easier said than done and if yeah you don't if you don't have a partner that's really open to hearing about your past where they're they're because i think there are a lot of guys that kind of don't want to know particularly like people like sexual histories yeah um you don't have to go into like those kind of details no but, of, of yeah. course not absolutely not no no because i don't think that serves anyone no. really unless maybe you wanted to share about a traumatic experience or something yeah. that informs like how you feel about sex now but i do think a- carrie owed aiden a little bit of an explanation yeah. um now i mean god no it's not gonna happen at all but uh I, yeah i thought it was very interesting that he that uh God, this whole plot line. I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I'm after this, I'm going to go back. So next week I'm going to be prepared to see what was the reception during the time of the affair. Were fans yes. excited? Like, what was it? I'm, I'm maybe, very curious. Maybe we can reach out to some people, um, to our listeners who watched live at the time of Sex in the City. Feel free to um, email us at themirandaspod at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. We would love to know, you know, what your sentiments were at the time when Big and Carrie, you know, were having an affair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fashion callouts. Oh my God, she's fashion roadkill. Um, I've got a call out. I, I know which book you're going any. for. Okay, I don't have I'll- any. I'm going to tell you mine because it's a look that I would love to emulate, but I just don't have the like any of the pieces to do it in the correct way. Yeah. I love Carrie's booth bitch outfit. I loved yeah. like yeah. cargo green capris with the heels and the white linen blouse. Like that was a look that was very, very popular um, after she wore it. She yeah. really, I mean, God, Sarah Jessica Parker and the, yeah. the cause, they did such a good job of making they those did. looks. Cause that's, cause in her looks really in a way are timeless. Like she never looks dated where Miranda yeah. looks dated. Yeah. Samantha looks dated. Charlotte looks very classic. Cause that yes. look is back. Yes. That, very like, classic. It's preppy. And I think preppy yeah. always can kind of very like tailored. Be timeless. Yeah. Um, but Carrie just always looks stylish yeah. and kind of cool. Yeah. Um, which is timeless in itself. And I thought that look was really fun. And I thought her hair and skin oh, looked hair was luminous yes. this episode. Yes. Luminous. Absolute, indeed. absolute luminous. Um, well, what's yeah, your so- M- Manila rating? I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. I think I want to go with a 4.25. I didn't laugh I as much as I'd like to. I the same rating. 4. Same 25. rating. 
Yes. And I love that we're we're up in the fours now. Like this is quality TV. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, this is that's uh, the episode ended with Carrie saying, what did she say? And just like that, I lost my head. And did she really say and just like that? Yeah. Yeah. Because <gasps> I was Amazing. wondering. They, I mean, she's definitely said. And then I wondered, you know, they could have called the series that the reboot that. But I, I know that she says and just like that. So maybe we should start keeping a tally mark of how many. All times right. That let's comes do up. it. And I love how dramatic the ending was with no closing music. So it's just silence yes. when the credits like Darren you gotta Star. You got to see, you know, and then it, then it goes dun, 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 and they kind of do. They yeah. make you sit in the like yeah. post coital sex shame of the affair yeah. and yeah. Um, really great uh, kind of like editing and the way they did it. So next week we have episode 10 mm-hmm. um, and this is all or nothing. And this is a great episode because we're kind of leaning into the Carrie Big affair. Can't yep. wait. Can't leaning wait. into it. All right. Um, well, thanks for listening and we'll see you folks next week. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Our little. Bye, our little ladies. Booth bitches. (laughs) Bye, booth bitches.